Hello everyone and welcome to the Motor City Hoops podcast, an entertaining fresh take on the three-time NBA champs, the Detroit Pistons. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Motor City Hoops. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Knuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Thunderous Applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Plus, our coaching focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co host, Jason Sunkel. Featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Motor City Hoops. Today, Bryce, Alex, and I will talk about a past week for the Pistons. Three losses against the Celtics and two against the Bucks. And then a surprising, exciting OT win against the Phoenix Suns on our home court. Nucky if you Buck host, Devin Zanskis, will join us and talk about our two games against the Bucks. They will analyze what is happening around the league. Trouble in Atlanta? What is going on with Kyrie? Denver has issues and looks bad. Can they recover? Is Bradley Bill wasting his time in D.C.? Steph is certainly back, and I know Bryce has something to say about that. And it seems like we have too many serious injuries so far in the season. Are these guys playing too many games too early? Let's not forget some of them have not played in NBA games in over eight months. And like always, we'll finish with a look ahead to this coming week's games on our beloved Pistons schedule. But first, I want to go straight to Devin. Devin, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, two games, two good games for you guys and um, two games that I would like to forget for us. <laughs> I think, personally, I think uh, those were our worst games this year. And uh, certainly, second one was not fun to watch at all. And uh, Devin, what's your take on the, on the Bucks this year? This is exactly what I want to go to. It's, you know, how good do you think you guys are? So, for me with the Bucks, I... It'll be a lot more about the postseason, and I'm sure everyone else around the league will feel the same way after seeing a lot of our downfalls these past, like, what, like three seasons now when we were, like, really taken seriously in the playoffs. So I think the Drew Holiday move was was the biggest thing, I guess biggest second to Giannis signing his extension, which to me is talking and talking with my brother like winning the lottery for like a second time after <laughs> finding the diamond in a rough in the rough in Giannis and then now actually re-signing him in Milwaukee is huge and uh yeah I'm hoping that in the playoffs Drew Holiday proves to be um a huge step above Bledsoe despite their similar archetypes and uh yeah will raise his game as opposed to it shrinking like we saw with Bledsoe Hey, I, I want to build off that real quick, Devin. Did, was there a lot of uneasiness in Milwaukee? Like, did people really think that Giannis was going to leave Milwaukee? Like, I mean, because because that would have been that would have been devastating for Bucks fans, I would guess. Yeah. So, um, I guess I always compare it to like casual and then real NBA fans like us. I would say, and. Also, then that ties into how I like address my listeners. For my listeners, I was always kind of like 
Now listen, guys, I know we think Giannis is a different cat, and in many ways he is, but we saw LeBron leave, we saw KD leave, we saw Kawhi leave after winning a championship, so, I mean, just don't think that the NBA is ever really that predictable, and I mean, considering our downfalls in the playoffs, and especially how disappointing this last year was, I didn't think at all that it was out of the realm of possibility that he um, would leave or you know, sign a shorter contract or wait until the summer, but he really gave gave us the best gift of all <laughs> in trusting us. But Devin, you, you know, you mentioned LeBron leaving, and I see a lot of uh, LeBron and Giannis. You know, I see the same, you know, fierceness, the same athleticism, the same uh, wish and desire to make his teammates better. But LeBron didn't start winning until he had one or two superstars next to him. And until his role players were honestly superstar in their own, you know, if you look at, um, right, we're looking at Ray Allen. You know, he, he had Ray Allen to make big shots in Miami. Is that a fear for you guys? Because to me, I don't think Giannis can lead a team to a championship until he gets a jump shot. Yeah, and... So I remember that was one of the first conversations I had with uh, Mike Cleansing when we were first starting off here, um, at least when I was with Hoop Heads back in the summer, and we were in the playoffs at that point. And, um, you know, basically it is it is a huge issue that um, Giannis has, struggles the most in scoring in the half court when the game slows down because that's often what happens in the playoffs specifically. But... Um, but yeah, I think I think that's the main thing that we'll be looking for. But at the same time, I don't think it'll be like a night and day change or even from like one season to another. I think the best that Bucks fans can hope for is that like gradually over the next few seasons that we we will luckily be able to have Giannis. He'll be able to like steadily improve and become more comfortable with like, you know, at least like a mid-range turnaround jumper or at least like a singular spot that he can get to every time and score in that isn't the basket yeah i totally agree with you and the playoffs is just like a whole different nba yeah Um, and that's where i kind of get scared for the bucks you know it's um they had so much shooting last year they have so much shooting this year and somewhat you know i still don't see them you know getting to that you know okay they might get the nba finals i'm not but I don't see them winning a battle with the Lakers, for example. Vlad and loves I the Lakers, so don't, don't take that offensive, Devin. No, no, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's reasonable because I, I wasn't super excited about the Lakers going into last season. Obviously, they had Anthony <laughs> Davis, and I knew that, like, okay, they're easily a top three championship contender. They went on to win it all, obviously, but... I was fairly low on how their offense would play out and then if they had enough depth, but I I underestimated how insane their defense was because I don't know how I would have forgot, but Anthony Davis is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate um, every year, and then they just had, obviously, Dwight and JaVale who can hold it down in the low post as well next to Davis and a ton of switchy wings to defend. But, yeah, so their calling card is is defense, but then they also have LeBron James, who might be, like, one of the best passers of all time. So they're, they're insane on both ends, and I think I undervalued them just because at face value, some of their rotations and depth looked a little clunky, but 
they they uh, you know they raise their game in the playoffs, and hopefully we see that from the Bucks at some point. You see, and we talked about this, Bryce, if you remember, um, and Alex, we, we talked about how they traded and you know they gave up defense for offense. Yep. So yeah, offense exactly. looks like yes. it, and I'm worried about it. And I'm honestly worried about it. I know Bryce was saying that, you know, I love the Lakers. I don't love the Lakers per se. It's definitely not my favorite team. I'm a Pistons fan, but I do like what they're doing over there and what they have done lately. But this summer to me, they just literally gave up all defense for all offense. And it shows right now. It's uh, They get scored so easy in the paint. And uh, to me, it's, uh, you know, it's going gonna, gonna to be a big problem. I don't, I don't love it that much, Bryce. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know, I know. I just like to give you a hard time because that was your your pick. And uh, so, so to get back to the Pistons and Bucks and these two games a little bit here, Devin, um, I just want to ask you this question before we dive into maybe what happened. What are your thoughts on Jeremy Grant as an outsider? Because right now, Pistons fans love him. He he went from being overpaid and nobody liked the signing this summer to now everybody, including me, I'm having to eat a little bit of crow, is saying he's underpaid. But as a Bucks fan, you know, you have no skin in the game. What what did you think about Jeremy Grant in these two games? So I think I am kind of like uh, the rest of the consensus, especially among Pistons fans, where I was like pretty sour on it to begin with. And then um, I'm warming up to it now. I mean, just stats alone aren't everything, especially through nine games. But I just checked before this podcast and I was like, like, holy cow, this guy is averaging 24.8 points per game, 6.4, I mean, 1.7. I mean, those aren't crazy, but just the 24.8 per game through nine games is is pretty insane. I mean, I don't know if if that's the most efficient, but still, he, um, I guess, yeah, he, he's, he's definitely pleasantly surprised me a lot more than a lot of other NBA players so far. The reason I was down on it to begin with is because I saw that he was brought in to like play the three. And to me, he's best served as more of like, as more of a four, like playing directly alongside your center. I don't know if yes. the Pistons still have some moves to make, but I mean, I think it's it's still it's still a good get, and he's and he's uh, he's looking a little brighter in my eyes uh, every day. Well, Devin, you said you know since you have Giannis, you can take Blake. He shoots a lot of threes nowadays. You can have him. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to give us, we're gonna go ahead and take him. I'll take Bryn <laughs> Forbes. Can we have Bryn Forbes back? We just talked about Bryn Forbes, Devin. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I like our roster. I don't know. I don't know if I would trade rosters today, but <laughs> oh man, that's a bummer. Honestly. <laughs> no, um, yeah, and to me, what was your favorite, you know, player to Bucks like role player last two years? I'm, I'm curious because I have my own. Oh, play, you know, alongside like Giannis, you know, what was your a role player? Um, I'm trying to think. We've had so much turnover now. Um, so I guess specifically, I was particularly really high on the um on the tory craig signing but now we haven't seen a ton of him at all he first was like almost playing garbage minutes and playing behind pat Connaughton, and now like has like has a broken nose but has missed plenty of games so i don't know if he needs like surgery or something so that's sort of a bucks guy that that I'm really excited to see as a role player for us and I think can play like playoff minutes for us, especially on the defensive end. Um, 
Then other guys who are now gone from the Bucks that I certainly miss is is like a Wes Matthews, although he was a starter as but like still easily our fifth starter and maybe not even like our top five guys talent wise, but I think some of the guys on Locked On Bucks made an amazing point in that, hey, was there maybe something to Chris Middleton putting up just like decimal places away from a 50-40-90? Um, is there something to him doing that with Wesley Matthews alongside him being able to take on tougher defensive matchups? I think so. And I love Middleton. Uh, and since you mentioned him, Bryce knows this, Alex knows, you know, they know that I'm a big fan of Sidney Bay. And I'm... When I saw Sadiq Bay and what he did at Nova, it reminded me of Chris Middleton. I was like, he has that potential to become a Chris Middleton. And what, what, what's your take on Sadiq Bay after watching him this first, uh, you know, these two games against the Bucks, and uh, the way he started the season to me is amazing. But it's 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 you know he's a lot further than I thought he would be. But uh, what do you think about Sadiq Bay? So I don't have, I'm by no means a, an expert on Sadiq Bey, but from what I've seen, um, he he right away comes in with like like real NBA size at, at the forward position. Like I could see him even sliding up to, um, you know, defending some fours. Uh, maybe I'm wrong in that. Maybe I'm... I mean, but no, he's like he at could, least a six six, and like has, yeah. is not light in the shorts. So I could see him doing that. But also to have that size, but also be able to knock it down from from the three point line, I think is is tremendous to already see from a rookie, and you know, definitely the guy you want to draft. Yeah, and I loved I loved that pick, and I also loved uh, what you said about Jeremy Grant. I think Bryce and I and Alex were, you know. We want Jeremy at the four. And the reason why we want Jeremy at the four, we want Sadiq at the three. And then, you know, like you said, they can switch everything. They can guard different positions. And, um, you know, it would make life a lot easier on defensive end. And we, I you know, we saw glimpses of that. And um, hopefully we'll see more and more. But we'll get back in the Blake Griffin issue later. <laughs> but, Devin, uh, unless Bryce or Alex have any questions for you, we thank you very much for joining us. You know, I really appreciate your time. All right, Bryce, I'll go straight to you because I want to go to the Boston game and I want to talk about that last possession. You know, um, Blake Griffin on Jason Tatum, it's exactly what they wanted. And uh, I, I know you have some issues with running an isolation play late from Plumlee, but to me, the worst was having Blake on the floor at all at that yes. point in the game. Yeah, that that was the worst part was we were kind of subbing offense for defense anyway, and he continued, Dwayne Casey continued to leave Griffin on the on the floor. And I, I'm not as hard on Dwayne Casey. Like, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit frustrating on Twitter just seeing how much people go after him. I think he's made some really good decisions. This last game, I thought he made some great decisions. But th- that seemed weird. It's not like we absolutely had him on the floor to grab a rebound if they missed. But he's not good at switching out on guys. So it seemed like there was other options there to to have on the floor at that time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I agree with you, but I just don't. I, I like I said, I don't. I think we can do a lot better than that. <laughs> yeah, he's so much yeah. slower. He doesn't have his athleticism anymore. It looks like it. I don't know what's going on, but. That's def- that was definitely not a good choice to have him. You know what, what do you think? 
Well, go ahead, Bryce. Go ahead. I was just saying, you know what's scary, Alex? You know, in Vlad, a few weeks ago, I like got mad in the preseason because announcers were clowning about losing his athleticism, and like they probably were right. That that's what's sad is we haven't seen a very explosive play from Blake Griffin nine games into the season. Is he being conservative? Is he being careful, or is maybe he just lost it? He's not interested in these games so far. Like I, I don't know what the issue is, but. They were right. They look like they were right. No, I think he lost his explosiveness. I think he doesn't. He, you know, he, he just doesn't look very explosive at all. And um, you know, he gets the ball in low post, and he got the ball finally low post. And we'll talk about that. You know, the Suns game. I think that's the new Blake Griffin that we gotta expect to. You know, making play at a low post. You know, shooting threes. It looks like he likes and to shoot of, more threes than posting up. <laughs> Well, he posted a lot, the Suns game, and he said, you know, at, at the end of that, and I want to ask you guys what you think about that. Was it a coach's decision to not play him in the low post so much? Because at the end of Suns game, he did say, you know, I wanted this. I was talking to coaches about me, you know, getting more post-ups, you know, and we don't have a post player that can create from there or be a scoring threat. Okay, maybe Plumlee can create from the low post, but he's not really a scoring threat in a one-on-one situation, you know? So... What do you guys think about that? Was it really the coaches just, okay, we're kind of trying to prepare for life without Blake, so we're not going to adjust our system until maybe Blake put enough pressure on Casey and we're like, okay, I really need to post up. I want to post up. Give me some post touches. I would really like to know the answer to that because it doesn't make sense to me. Why would Casey not allow him to post up? Somebody, you know, there's been a little bit of talk that maybe Blake was just working himself into shape a little bit, which which is a little bit understandable. We've talked about that with a lot of guys. And so maybe he just wasn't ready to play in the post in that physical game yet. Maybe his body wasn't able to handle it. And as he's working himself into shape, there was a point. I mean, you know, I wrote it down in this Celtics game that we're talking about. 13 of his 14 makes like halfway through that game on the season had been threes and the majority of his attempts. And then the Suns game, it was a complete 180. All of a sudden, he's posting up, he's forcing double teams, and that's the Blake Griffin, I think, Vlad, you've wanted from the beginning, but also a Blake Griffin we can utilize and then lock, looks a lot more attractive to other teams. Absolutely. You can put him at a five, he can stretch the floor, you know, and that would create more space for Jeremy Grant. And uh, that's the Blake that I would take on my team right now if we cannot trade him. You know, the, the one that can play back the basket, you know, use his strength. Uh, you know, okay, he can't jump out of the gym anymore. He can, he's not explosive. But, you know, we'll, we'll take that because he can score in low post. He can pass at a low post and get stretched the floor. So we'll take the positive. But just from what I've seen in these games, I'm not sure his trade value is very high right now. And um, that, that might be an issue for us. Alex, what do you think about that? Do, do you think we can get a lot for him? or Because I don't see it. Uh, it, it's tough. It's tough. And, uh, you know, in my notes, I noticed I, I, what I wrote was that he's taking a lot of threes. And, you know, maybe recently they tried to post up players more. And I think Blake Griffin might be the best option to post up. Like if he was, if he was to pick a player from the team, he might be the best one to, to score from the post. Um, you know, I think Jeremy Grant can score also, but maybe from mid post, try to face up and attack the basket and stuff like that. Um, but right now, Blake Griffin, uh, he showed maybe he can play a lot of minutes, you know, in the, in the overtime win against Suns, he played 40 minutes, but he cannot do that day in, day out. And, uh, his, his stock value, I think dropped a little bit. 
um, you were expecting him and maybe Grant to push this team further, but if, I think Jeremy Grant is taking over. I mean, he showed he's taking over. He's scoring on a high, high rate. And Blake Griffin, defensively, offensively, setting up for threes. I, I don't like it that much. I, I just don't. I don't see where. I haven't watched a game yet and thought, man, somebody can really use him. And I hate to say that because you guys know me out of anybody have been has wanted to trade him from day one. I'm really starting to feel like we're just going to have to eat it and utilize him this year and maybe somehow over the summer. That, I don't think you're going to get him to go t- t- off the bench this season, but maybe over the summer you can convince him to come off the bench next year so that way Grant can at least play his natural position at the four. But again, like then where's Sekou in all this? You know, people were very upset last night, even in a win, but an overtime win and Sekou only plays five minutes and it's not like he's played bad. Like that's the major issue for me is he's taking minutes away from guys who need to be getting minutes at that spot. That's that's a huge issue for us because Grand Rap is outside the bubble. So the Pistons yes. are not going to have a G League team this year. We're not going to get Saban Lee minutes in the G League. We're not going to get Stewart minutes in the G League. And we're certainly going to get Seku minutes in the G League. Because out of all these three guys, Seku seems to need them the most. Stewart gets some minutes and consistent. Bay doesn't seem to need the G League at all, clearly. I mean, he's just he's he's in the rotation and he's going to be in the rotation uh, as long as he's a piston, I, I'm sold on him. I've been sold on him since day one, but I didn't expect that him to be this NBA ready. And we have an issue with Seku and Saban Lee. Okay, Saban Lee might get some minutes right now, and they were very high from from my research. Uh, they had him as a first rounder, as a late first rounder. So to draft him second, you know, in the second round, I think it was a it was a steal for for Weaver. And, uh, you know, he's going to need some minutes. Okay, now with Hayes, I think he's going to get some minutes. But only one that falls out of everything and just gets all the, you know, the negativity from Blake just staying around is Seku. Seku doesn't get the minutes. He doesn't get the reps. He doesn't, you know. And uh, we might pay the price for that in two, three years, you know, when Seku's development might not be where we want it to be. Well, and the problem is Sekou, it doesn't seem like anyway, can play anywhere else. Now, maybe it's still early in the year and we've heard reports that, um, that, that they just haven't tried to get guys in different positions. They want them to lock down a certain position before they have them start playing two. But he hasn't shown any signs that, that he would play Sekou at the five. And then it doesn't seem like Sekou's a good fit at the three. And even if he was at the three, we got Jackson and Bay and Svi and plenty of guys there as well. And so to me, it's just like, it's nice having this much depth in these many guys, but we could really use, it it would almost be nice not to have one of them because so everybody could get the minutes they need to develop. Yeah, absolutely. And now... I want to go back to like the the saddest part of this episode. I think is the killing Hayes injury. It's it's huge. I don't think he can avoid surgery just by you know just if you look at it and what he has gone through. And um, we we needed him to to get his minutes. It's gonna be hard for him. I know uh, Coach Casey said you know he's gonna treat every game like he's playing and do the the video scouting and prepare for every opponent. But to me, it's uh, you know, it's 
demoralizing to not have him on the floor, to not have him with a team like that when he's your future. He's the future of the franchise as of right now. Until we get a lottery pick next year, which we will, he's what we kind of hang our hats on. Uh, what do you guys think we should do? You know, should they just sign a point guard, have, you know, killing out for the year, which reminds me of, um, you know, the Sixers process again. And I'm like, I'm not, I've not been a fan of that. Like, how do you treat the situation? Do you, like I said, in my opinion, you probably, you know, sign a guard or just keep this roster together and Hayes has to sit out, get a surgery and be ready. I think best for the future is to take care of Hayes, make sure he's healthy for the future. Um, and, you know, we need a point guard because I don't think Rose can play heavy minutes. He's he's not there. And uh, you, you need a point guard to maybe sub for Rose or maybe start over Rose. I don't think you can find a point guard that can start right away. Um, but well, you, well, Casey moved. Uh, he moved Lauren Wright. Right. He's, he's, he's yeah. going to start Lauren Wright yeah. the whole season. Yeah. At the point is guard, is that's like... Exactly. So. But, uh, you know, you went into the season with three point guards and now you only have two. So I think you might need another one over there. I, I, I would say, I, you know, DeLon Wright has played some good stretches at different times. And it sounds like, yeah, that Rose is going to come off the bench no matter what. Casey has, has been unwavering in the fact that he's going to bring Rose off the bench. I'm okay with our our stable of point guards right now because you brought up Saban Lee. So when when Derrick Rose needs a, a rest night, when DeLon isn't you know necessarily playing well, but that also moves DeLon off the two away from the wing, and now you have more minutes there to to mix between Jackson and Svi and Sadiq Bay. So I'm okay with our current stable of point guards as it stands and I don't know I just don't know that I want to bring in somebody outside for like a one year rental just to take minutes away from the possible development or minutes for Saban Lee what's like you said it just it stinks that Hayes went down because you know he he had shown as disappointed as people have been with him he's shown signs of being a good player and you've pitched us patience and patience and patience Vlad that you know it, it always took him a couple months to get going Here's the thing, if it's 12 months, you know, even if it's a, you know, that you say six to nine months, we've all had injuries, I'm sure. I've had my fair share of ACLs, you know, it's it's 12 months, like you're already looking at the middle of next year before he's really back to it. Yeah, and it's it's been a tough one, just look at IT. You know, my thought process was, you know, we have Rose because we want him to mentor Hayes. And if Hayes is not there to mentor, you know, to be mentored, then do we get something for Rose? And that's why I said maybe we bring someone like IT, a one-year rental, but at least you got maybe a draft pick for Derek. That that was my thought process, you know, not just to pile on point guards, but, you know, Derek Rose is one of our assets and he's in pretty good shape. I mean, he's, he's being Derek Rose. He's playing pretty well. And... He, you you might have to say you know like who do we want to trade Blake or Derek because I don't think we can trade both because nobody's gonna want Blake so it's, no. you know you're gonna end up with Rose and try to get a pick for him I don't know Rose if you can seems get much like for the him more either. likely Rose seems like the more likely trade asset at this point because you could see a team legitimately looking at him and his contract as a one year rental for a, a team that's competing for a championship and say we need that guy to to run our second unit. 
and or, or be a scorer on the second unit or be a mentor for the second unit or whatever. So in that scenario, I agree with both of you. If we trade Derrick Rose and get a second round pick or late first or something in return, then maybe you do need to go sign an Isaiah Thomas or someone like that just to just to have enough point guards to get through the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I hope that's going to be the case because without Hayes, I don't see or I don't have much hope of uh, us improving. Clearly, we're going to win some games, and they put a prize on winning games while rebuilding, and we saw that, you know, and I was happy they came back with Phoenix. Well, Bryce, what did you think of the Phoenix game? You know, I thought they were not very aggressive. They were not very active. You know, they got down 20 and then in that zone, you know, Coach Casey switched to a zone and, you know, they're very active. You know, I, I really love that move. It kind of gave him some easy buckets out of the zone, you know, kind of puts Phoenix to sleep a little bit. It's like slowing down. And I, well, what, I thought it was think? a great. Yeah, I thought that was the first Casey move this year that. Piston fans could really appreciate and I don't even know if people you know when a team's hitting threes the way the Suns were lots of teams teams will be like well we can't go zone because they're shooting threes and zones give up threes but what I noticed was and what I found as a coach and a player is you get different types of threes it takes them out of their rhythm they're not in a flow and so even though they were still kind of getting open looks from threes they weren't the same type of threes and so they started to miss them and we started to gain some momentum like I was I was ready for that game to just be miserable watching that game. I was going to watch the whole game no matter what. I watch it on my phone, on my cell phone, on League Pass, and I was going to watch it no matter what. I told myself I'm and then all of a sudden we slowly come back. We hit I think we hit back to back to back threes once they went up 23 and gave us a little bit of life. And that was the most fun game of the season to watch. Blake played the way we wanted Blake to play from the beginning and God, Jeremy Grant is really, really good. I was just going to ask Alex about that because I keep looking at the notes, you know, and then I see he has Grant all over the place. So, Alex, what do you think about Grant right now? He's great. I was expecting, I said at the beginning uh, of, of the show, of this podcast, that he needs to be the, the guy, and he's going to be. He, he showed that the numbers are there when he played in OKC, even in Denver. He just did not have the role to to be the guy, and now he's he's showing that he can do it. He's scoring. He obviously the first game against Bucks, you know, he did not outplay uh, the Greek freak, but you know, in the second game he he played really good, and now again against the Suns, he's scoring all over the place. Uh, he's also on defense, plays very well. I remember he guarded uh, Devin Booker, the best player on the Suns. Uh, in the last position to go into overtime and we want him that we want him to be an anchor on defense guarding the best player if possible but also a score on 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 the offense here's what i want to say real quick about grant and i know you'll have a lot too Vlad. but last night like his swagger came out i don't know if you guys have a chance to see it yet or not but like he makes a layup to start overtime and he starts to throw up like the flex muscles you know like and then he puts him down. So you can tell it maybe it's not necessarily his personality, but he was feeling himself a little bit. And then he hits the three. So he made the two. Sadiq Bay hits a three off of Blake post up. And then Grant gets a three, and we're up uh, eight all of a sudden. But after that three, he was like throwing up hand signs and three ball and all that stuff. And I loved it because that was the first time I saw him like show a little bit of personality and some swagger like 
yeah, you darn right. I'm the number one option on this team, and I'm going to go make plays. Take, I loved take, it. Yeah, do it. Whatever. Show, show it to the world. I know Vlad does it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. I, I love it. Honestly, I love all that. I'm, I'm all about it. Um, you know, and um, especially when you, when you, you, when you are expected to carry the team, it gives your team confidence too. You know, they see you ready. They see you, um, you know, they see you're not going to back down. And, um, you know, if you're going to talk the talk, you know, walk the walk. And I, lo- I, I like that. You know, I think he, he stepped in this role knowing what was expected of him. And, uh, you know, he did his work diligently and quietly. And now he's showing us that he's ready for it. In my opinion, he's an all-star. He's an all-star right now. Absolutely. And he's consistent it's, about it. He's doing it every game. You know, he's not like he's going to have an off night so far. But he's doing it every game. He's scoring and he's playing tough. And I just like him. I just like what I see. Yeah, the, the, the only argument... With, Sorry, Bryce. The, the only ahead. argument is that he hasn't necessarily been super efficient every game. You know, I, I've seen At that times, argument. exactly. That is where I was going to get to. Yeah, his his effective field goal, field goal percentage or true shooting percentages aren't super great. But Vlad, to your point, you've talked about this a lot and we've talked about it a lot in general. He's taking a lot of shots he hasn't been taking throughout his career. So he's going to continue to get better and shoot those at a higher percentage as his mentality changes and as he gets more comfortable taking that many shots. Well, Bryce, I was nervous at halftime of Phoenix. He was three for three. And I was like, why? Yeah, yeah it was frustrating. I, I was like, it was so frustrating. Go, I was like, go be three for 12. I'm okay. Like, yes. we want him to take 25 shots a game. So, if he goes seven for 25 every now and then or every other night right now, I'm Who okay cares? with that. Why? You got to set that tone. You got to get your mind right that I'm the man on this team. I'm the one taking 20 plus shots. I'm the one that's going to try to bring you home at the end of the game. Is it with a pass? It might be with a pass. It, it might be with, you know, a defensive stop. But because he, he can play both ends, we kind of expect him to close out games one way or the other. And the sooner, you know, we see that game in, game out, you know, I think that that's going to take a lot of pressure on, on you know, someone make like Hayes, you know, where the expectation is, okay, he's going to save our franchise. And then it's going to be like, oh, wait, we got Jeremy. <laughs> you know, like, no. and Jeremy's and- ready. <laughs> And that's what was great about the end of that game is I felt like Casey finally ran some stuff to him. He ran an ISO. I think it was the end of the regulation. They got the Plumlee layup to, to tie it. And then he ran him some other actions. So it, that's what was so exciting about the Suns, Suns game It was is that it was Grant and Bay that went bananas for us to win. It would have been fun to win no matter what. But if it would have been like Rose and Griffin, I don't know that the fan base would have been excited. But it was Grant and Bay banging all the shots at the end of the regulation and overtime, and that just made it even sweeter. When in OT, Bay had two three pointers when we we're down two. Yeah. So th- th- I was like, okay, that's I love this. This is what we need, you know. And he's not afraid of taking big shots, and I love that. I'm I'm all for it, honestly. And uh, now that we kind of went over our games, you know, this past four games, one and three stretch, um, you know, I predicted I think we're going to be two and f- what, two and two, right? You you said two and two, but you didn't pick the Suns. Yeah, I was close. I was close. I didn't pick the you Suns. Said, <laughs> no, I didn't. You said this, we were going to beat the Suns because of Chris Paul. 
I know. I was eight. They, they were we, up 20 at some point, so I he's know. doing something right over in Phoenix. I don't know about you, Alex, but so far, this podcast, I, I shouldn't say stuff like this because hopefully <laughs> uh, I don't want to turn our listeners away, but we're the worst about predictions. So maybe Alex will start getting some, but I, I'm right, like so over don't, don't seven. Don't bet on what we say. Don't bet yeah, on what we yeah. say. Just bet opposite. I, yes. <laughs> I, I can make some predictions. I'll try my best. But yeah, you're right, Bryce. We're we're not really on point. <laughs> no. Well, no, no. Wait. I said I said about Sadiq Bay is going to be NBA ready. We said about Stewart shooting threes. Did you see, Bryce? Did you see the video? I know we saw the video on Twitter. <laughs> I Stewart saw can, the video. Can't shoot a three. I love the video and it's great. Like I don't ha- I don't get too excited about the video though. But yeah, it is good to see the fu- like the foundation for a good shooter though. Cuz man, that's the only thing I've been right about was Isaiah Stewart cuz he looks good and he works his butt off and he's a fan favorite and every other team in the league is going to hate that dude because of the way he plays. Um, you know, Giannis already hates him. Him and his brother both tried to beat him up after the game and and Stewart was not going to back down. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. But um I I love Stewart. Now, we've been right quite a few. Like you picked Josh Jackson for a breakout year. I said Jeremy's ready for this role. So we pick quite a few things. I mean, maybe just not results. Yes. But yes. I think You're it's right. also very hard to pick a right result as far as like an NBA game. Just, you know, look at it. OKC won the other night and you, you, you never know. You know, you thought the Nets were going to be good and now it's like Kyrie's on vacation. Uh, he's in the Bahamas. I don't know what he's doing. Jeez. I, <laughs> well, I don't know what that and- guy's doing. Really, honestly. And, and look maybe, at all the maybe love. Maybe he might fall off that flat earth he thinks he is. I don't know. We, we showed the Hawks all that love, and then look what's happened since then. I know. Like, and they look, since they we look keep so mentioning Bryce, give me a second. We'll, we'll get to around the okay. NBA right now. But before that, I want to announce our giveaway winner. Um, you know, hopefully our fans and listeners, they, they knew about our giveaway. We announced it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It was a Killing Hayes jersey. And Jay Markle is the winner. Congratulations, and, Jay. Congrats. Congrats, Jay. We'll be in touch with you uh, via Twitter. We'll make sure we reach out to you and get your uh, get your jersey. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your retweets, likes uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter. And uh, stay tuned. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm sure we're going to have more. And now let's go around the NBA. And uh, let's start with the Nets. What is going on with Kyrie Irving? I don't know. Like, uh, are we surprised with Kyrie, though? Uh, like, really? Yes. If you say if your, your head coach doesn't know where you're, like, why you're not playing, you can send him a okay, text. This is not the 1980s. That was insane. I that was insane. When I found out that when I read about that, I was like, "There's no way. How can he not know anybody?" And that puts Steve Nash and stuff stuff in such a tough situation too, because he doesn't know what to say. Like, I'm sure he didn't want to sell Kyrie out, but he can't just make something up. Absolutely, and don't get me wrong. I'm not making light of any personal reasons as far as why he's not playing because. It came out as personal reasons. But then the word around Twitter is that he just doesn't want to play because of recent events. And I'm a little bit just shocked. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of money that this team invested in you over, over the last two years. He hasn't played much. So really, you know, what, what is going on? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm highly confused as far as, you know, What's going on with the Nets going forward? You know, KD not, 
you know, Katie not being part of roster three more days or four more days. And I know Nash said, he's like, oh, I cannot wait to get KD back. And is everything going to fall on KD? Alex, what do you think about this? Yeah, it's it's like a soap opera over there. Or maybe just Kyrie is the star in a soap opera. I feel like everywhere we, he goes, he just creates drama. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Durant and, and the Nets, you know, they have to set things straight with Kyrie. Like, listen, we're here and we're aiming for a goal. And then that's an NBA championship. I know he might have his reasons. I know he, you know, wants to protest or do whatever. And I, I, if he wants and he's doing that, that that's great too. Um, but, you know, he needs to limit himself and just you know, focus a little bit on what's the final goal over here. Maybe this is the final goal. Maybe he, he wants to be, you know, uh, um, I, I don't know what's the name of it, but he wants to. Yeah, but to, yeah. to me, the issue is right now that he's getting paid a lot of big bucks. So just come out and say, hey, I don't want to get paid anymore. And he's doing a lot of good stuff for the community. He's offered scholarships in the past. But I feel like his main job is to be a basketball player. He doesn't want that. And I think part of being a role model is it's also life off the court, but it's also what he does on the court. And to be honest, last two years have three years even. His, his year with the Celtics has been very disappointing. So I'm not sure, you know, the, I'm starting to question his passion for basketball at this exactly. point. Is he still his passionate focus. about basketball? Maybe, maybe his focus too. You cannot do the yeah, stuff absolutely. off the court without basketball I feel like or maybe he can do it for one year two years but then what what's gonna happen yeah I, I agree with you and you know he's had his fair share of injuries too and I'm not gonna you know diminish that but since we talk about injuries you know fools ACL this is to, to me I'm a little bit shocked that there's so many big injuries right now in the NBA and we're talking about Spencer Dinwiddie with Achilles. Um, you know, Moran has a pretty big injury. I think he's out six, seven weeks. Fools with the ACL. Are these guys playing too soon and too many back-to-back games after they've been off for like seven, eight months? They might They might just be. They might just be. Um, maybe that's one of the main reasons. They were off for eight months. And going back, you know, maybe they played some five-on-five in, in camps and whatnot, but was that enough after such a long break they might not be ready and i read an article where the trainers have to be or maybe they're even more uh, needed now than than ever because players play back to back they haven't played for so many months they have to be there take care of the players get them ready for such a schedule um and, and it's tough i mean we know we play back to backs and it's pretty tough for us, but we have a couple of days to recover in between. So um, for them, it's, it's, it's a struggle. And it's sad to see so many players go down with bad injuries. I feel bad for Fultz. You know, he, I felt like he had a rough start of the career. And now he was picking up, playing great. And now suddenly this is just bad. Yeah, and he was, you know, he, he was the engine for this this Magic team that started off really well. And unfortunately, I don't see their season going very well, you know, just going forward. And uh, kind of like the Hawks, the Hawks started hot. And now I see John Collins, Collins complaining with the way Trey Young runs the Hawks offense. I know, uh, unfortunately, Bryce got kicked off. Hopefully, he'll be back on soon because I know he loved his Hawks team. 
you know, what's your take on this? Because Trey Young is a, you know, is, is almost like a Steph Curry. So I think it's only one way to run the offense through Trey Young. He is the offense. Yeah. <laughs> he is the <laughs> offense. He creates the offense. He creates shots for himself. He creates shots for others. So, however, Trey Young is going to play. That's how Atlanta is going to play. I feel like it. There's no other way around. I, I don't know how else they can try to play uh, he I feel like Trey also needs the ball in his hand and uh, in order for Atlanta they showed it at the beginning they can be successful so I don't know what's happening now yeah and I think you know it's it's, it's normal you know to hit bumps you know in the road and it's early in the season I feel like a lot of teams are in preseason mode sort of that you know the Lakers they don't seem really clicking right now and I don't think a lot of teams are clicking and uh, that's to me, that's somewhat normal given the eight-month layoff or just, you know, a short off-season for some of the teams that are in the bubble. So it's, you're going to get mixed, uh, you know, I think mixed results as far as how guys are playing. Now, Denver. Denver cannot guard a soul, you know, and I was – we had high expectations and, uh, you know – I just don't understand what's going on. Well, what do you think is a problem in Denver? They lost Jeremy Grant. They lost Plumlee, which they lost a lot of defense. But um, I'm, I'm highly confused. I thought they're going to be a contender this year. And I see them struggling right now. Well, they they rely also on offense a lot. And I know Jokic is playing well. Um, but he's not a great defender. I don't feel like it. Um, but yeah, Jeremy Grant was the, the defensive guy, I feel like, uh, last year for Denver. He was guarding all the best players. And now who's, who's guarding the best player? Maybe that's one of the big, big uh, uh, losses they, they might have. They, they also maybe took a bet. We're going to focus more on offense. But you know, you cannot win championships without defense, right? And, uh, you know, the Lakers might be able to do it, even though they traded a lot of uh, defense for offense. I feel like, you know, Schroeder can play offense or defense, sorry, uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, he was, you know, the runner-up for uh, defensive player of the year. So they still have the defensive side. But Denver is struggling and they need to defend and keep teams in low scoring for them to win, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Yeah, so with, with Denver, you know, they're just not very good on the defensive end. And what's crazy is Nikola Jokic, we talked about this, you know, last episode, is just balling out. And they're still not having a great season. You know, they're 3-5 and five right now. And so that's just, I don't know what else you can ask them to do. 
you know, they're, they're going to have to find a way to get better on the defensive end because they're getting everything they need offensively. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of offensive talent, but I saw them as a contender, so I'm kind of just, uh, if I'm bummed out, I'm just, like, surprised by what's going on. You know, I'm, I'm a Jokic fan, and uh, I, I did not expect this. But like Alex said, you know, Jeremy was their best defender last year. Plumlee brought some defense off the bench. So maybe they miss these guys more than uh, we thought they would. And now we'll go to Steph Curry. Yes, go ahead, yes, Bryce. Go ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, Bryce. <laughs> go ahead, Bryce. Hey, you know what I love is Steph Curry is being petty for because he saw everything everybody was saying and all the things about how he wasn't this and he wasn't that. And he heard Vlad say, I heard Steph listens to Hoops Head or to um, Motor City Hoops. He heard Vlad talking about how he ain't going to take him to the playoffs. And he came out and dropped 62. And I, I stayed up, I stayed up late watching that one. I told my wife, I said, I got to stay up. I got to watch this. Steph has 50 in the third or whatever. Like I got to see what he can, or he has 40. I think he had 48. And so I wanted to see the, his last two threes in that game were just insane. But even last night, so in all seriousness, even last night he goes and drops 38 and they upset the Clippers. And here's what's crazy. They're not getting a whole lot out of Kelly Oubre and they're not getting a ton out of Andrew Wiggins either. So the fact they're even in the position they're in right now is pretty impressive. And I think Steph's going to do, here I go with a prediction. So I don't know, Warriors fans, I'm sorry, but uh, I think they're going to end up with <laughs> Whatever know, Bryce right? said, we're going to go opposite, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because we, we talked about the Hawks. They've been struggling. We gave Markel Fultz all the love, and he got hurt. And so, but I, I think the Warriors are going to end up in the playoffs. They're not a championship contender. They're not a top half of the Western Conference. But I think they're going to make the playoffs, and, and he's good enough. And if Wiggins and Oubre figured out a little bit, they're going to scare somebody in a first-round series. Absolutely. I mean, you saw it last night. They're down twenty. They're you know within ten minutes. They're they're beating the Clippers. Uh, okay, maybe it's just a Clippers thing where they just kind of do that. They will go up twenty. And they lose within ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe they're just in playoff mode already. You know, we get playoff <laughs> playoff P already. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. In in, in all seriousness, how good with this team, you, Alex? You talked about how devastating the Clay injury was. You know, and, and you know at the beginning of the season. How good would this Warriors team be if Clay was there? Like seeing what James Wiseman is, seeing that Curry still has it, at least on given nights. And if you added a healthy Clay Thompson, that team would look pretty formidable. Yeah, they'll be really hard to guard. They'll be really hard to guard. Obviously, Curry, he's out there. He's he's showing what he's capable of. He listened what Vlad had to say on this pod- podcast, and he showed up. <laughs> um, but also, you know, Clay. As much as he's a great shooter and offensive player, he's also a great defensive player from my side. Um, and, you know, he, it's a huge loss, huge loss for, for the Warriors. And if he was healthy, they will not be, uh, what, what are they right now? Five and four or four and five? Five and four. Five and four. Yeah, they will be like seven or eight at least, you know, and they will be a playoff, you know, they'll be in the playoffs for sure. I have this theory. James Weissman is going to prolong the career of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. That, just because of who he is, just how he plays. And by the time, you know, these guys get older, let's say two years from now, it's going to be James Weissman. The James Weissman show with two great shooters around him. 
What do you guys think about that? That, that that's a that's a great idea because I've been nervous about what this team was going to do. But if James Wiseman is going to be a superstar in there, then you're right. If he can be the guy, if he's your number one option, then you just keep Steph and Clay and let them stand in the corners and shoot threes. So, you know, if, if he is really going to be that good, that's a great, is, is he uh next, like, is he Anthony Davis type talent? Is that what we think? It's exactly James what Wiseman? I see. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's what I see. It's like, it's like an AD type player. Even, you know, and if you think about it, where was AD as a rookie or where is James Wiseman as a rookie? I feel like James Wiseman is further along. Hmm, that's a great theory, and I like that. That's that's a Senna's dream come true. <laughs> you know, when you post up and you play in the paint, you want great shooters to, you know, keep everybody off of you. And if they come to double team or whatever, you just kick out and, you know, they, they knock down threes. And you, you, you cannot wish for better shooters than... Uh, Curry and Thompson. That's just it's crazy. That's he, he shoots theory. a three. He block shots. He pushes the ball in transition. So you know, if he has those two around, and I'm sure they're gonna surround him with two more shooters uh, and two more role players, and you know, you're gonna get a dangerous team uh, that can really shoot the ball, and you know, that relies on a AD Giannis type player that can just you know play from point guard to center. And I'm I'm curious. I'm really curious because he can really prolong Stephen Clay's career, or not the career, maybe the like prime years where Golden State is good. And right when people might think, okay, like they're done, one two years, okay, they're done. And James Wiseman comes in and he's like, okay, I'll take over. I'll be the guy, and let Stephen Clay be options two and three. And the interesting then they're still relevant. <laughs> What do you do with Draymond though, Vlad? Like that, I think that's going to be the tough piece because Draymond, I, I thought he's actually played well. He had one point in that game, that Portland game, but he was a plus 25. You're a plus minus guy. He was a plus 25 in that game scoring one point, but his offensive skills were never super great to begin with. And they seem that they've diminished to pretty much nothing. You can only have a guy that that just does everything defensively for so long if he can't help you on the other end. So I think it's interesting what they do with that piece. Absolutely. I think he needs to become a spot shooter or they need to go a different way. But again, they have a lot of pieces right now that I don't think they fit the long-term plan. Like I don't see Uber and Wiggins being long-term options. I think those guys are gone rather sooner than later. Well, it's And, uh, in your right. theory, they don't need them anymore. In, in, in your in this scenario, you have they don't need to be option two and three because the two two maybe two of the best shooters of all time are options two and three because Wiseman's the one. You flip those guys for two savvy vets each, and you got yourself a squad all of a sudden. Well, I think what Golden State lacks right now is depth, and that's what they had when they won the championship. You Absolutely, have Livingston coming off the bench. You have Iguodala. You have these guys coming off the bench, and right now they don't have a bench anymore. They have nobody coming off the bench that can really give them a lift. So, why, like what you said, makes a lot of sense. You know, flip one one of those guys for you know two or three pieces. Yes. Flip the other one for two pieces. You get five guys instead of two, but maybe you get a lot more coming off your bench. But again, I think that's like a two three year plan. No, no, you're and for sure. Course, I'm also basing the fact that I don't think Clay is going to come back as the Clay that we knew. But so as long as he might not come off the off ball screens as much, I think in spot up shoot with the best of them, even he 
even with a torn Achilles right now, I get him off the bed. I'm I'm trusting Clay to hit nine out of ten probably off <laughs> one leg. Honestly, yes. I, that that jump shot is picture perfect. It's you know he's he scored what uh, seven dribbles that game, six dribbles I forget. Like yeah, we, that was he insane. had the ball for like twenty seconds the whole game. He scored like forty. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. So that's what I see the long term plan of the Warriors. You know they wanted Wiseman, they got Wiseman. They've been preaching the whole year. It's kind of what they play for last year, right? Or yes. did not play for. <laughs> did not play for. You know they they, they sort of played, but hey. yeah. So you get him. And now you see, you know, you, you don't see a lot of him in college, so you have no idea. Is he like AD? You know, you know, how is he compared to all these guys? And he comes in and he produces right away, a lot better than I expected. And I'm sold on him. I'm like, okay, he can be the future. You know, Steph, Steph is going to be there. I think Steph, he's not going to change much over the years. You know, I mean, I don't think he relies on any quickness or explosiveness. I think he's, he's very savvy as far as fighting his shots, getting, getting your shot off. So Steph can be the number two option. I can still play pick and roll, isolation, all this stuff because he'll get you off balance, you know. And uh, if Wiseman can create for Clay and maybe one more shooter, then you know they're going to be relevant. That's what I'm saying. They can you know prolong you know this 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 Steph years where he's going towards 34, 35, 36 because he just got to shoot the ball then. Yeah, they they've been able to make a quick rebuild if. Per se, if Wiseman is able to to be that. Hey, real quick before we move on, there, there. Steve Kerr said something about the Steph criticism. I found very interesting. I'd like to get your guys' take. And he said, if you think about most guys considered the best players in the league, they're physical freaks of nature. LeBron, Giannis, AD. Steph is six three, hundred eighty pounds. Whatever he is, he has to carry a game with skill, no physicality. What what do you guys take away from that that quote from Steve Kerr? I thought that was very interesting and like some subtle jabs at Giannis, LeBron, AD. Uh, I don't know if they're jabs. I think it's just um, because to me, AD is very skilled. Don't get me wrong. Um, but what he's saying... <laughs> Wait, there's physicality about Steph. I think there's different physicality I think he's referring to because to me, Steph is pretty physical. He doesn't avoid contact. Sure. Does he take contact and make shots? Yes. So he's pretty physical regarding that. Okay, he's not physical as far as like finishing above the rim with contact, you know, but, you know, shooting a three with contact, you still got to be very physical player and very mentally prepared for that. So, yes, it's impressive what he's doing. Yes, I get it. But let's not diminish anything that Anthony Davis does, for example, or, you know, LeBron James, because the same way it can be said that LeBron James was relying on his, on his physical, um, you know, his, his athleticism his first few years. Now I see a lot of LeBron James stuff that I really like. I yeah, see look, post ups. I see threes. I, you know, I, I see about everything that you, you think an all around player can, can be. And I think all the LeBron James fans push this LeBron James today 10 years ago and that's why I was kind of against it I was like he's not there yet he's not Kobe he's not posting up yet he's not but now I see jump hooks I see fadeaways so you see a, a full arsenal you know and it's, it's hard to take you know I understand what he's saying but I don't think it, he, he wants to diminish anything out of you know guys like AD or LeBron or what they're doing so now Bryce, we talked earlier about, you know, wasting the prime years or 
Steph being almost done with the prime years. I want to go with Bradley Beal. I'm impressed with what he's doing, man. He's a killer. And he became that guy for that franchise. But is he wasting his prime years in Washington? Um, yes. <laughs> okay. Sim- simply put, I mean, I, I don't know. And, and I feel like they tried. Like they tried. They, they sent John Wall off. I mean, and I don't know if Bradley Beal signed off on that or not. Like he better have. Like if they didn't ask Bradley Beal, they should have. And they, it fooled me. I, I kind of like Russell Westbrook. I know he takes a lot of heat for things, but I was like, man, Russell Westbrook, he's going to get him a ton of wide open shots. He's intense, all that stuff. And it, his numbers look good, but it's not turning into wins. That roster, I kind of sneaky like. We're going to see that this coming week um, as our, our Pistons play the Wizards. And so, and we saw it in the preseason. But yeah, like they just don't win. And He's one of those guys, like, would you blame him if he went to him and said, hey, I, I want to go. I want I want to get traded to a contender. I, I don't think you could. No, but between him and James Harden, I mean, what's going on? You know, like, all the superstars are going to – I think I, I think Bradley Beal is going to stick through it. I think he's wasting his time there because, unfortunately, the Wizards um, have not been making smart moves. And I think it started with the John Wall contract. And, you know, right now it's going through this – John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade, and I don't see Russ and Bradley Beal fitting. And I don't know because they have a lot of shooting, and I like their roster. When I looked over it, I, I like Rui as a second-year player. Yeah. I like Bertens and the way he shoots the ball. I like Thomas Bryant. Thomas I know you like Bryant. Thomas Bryant too. And then you know they go out, and it's like, what is this team? Like you know, this is not what we expected, and they look bad. They look very, very bad, honestly. And I didn't expect the Pistons to look better than them. <laughs> That's a, and we look much better than Bryce. We're both sitting at two and seven, and we look much better than them, honestly. So he's, you know, it's a tough one. And now, uh, Alex, I want to ask you, you know, what do you think about the MVP this year? Because I know Bryce expected Luca, I expected AD, and honestly, I have a different one right now. Julius yeah. Randall. Stop. He's carrying. Stop. He's carrying the Knicks. Blood, what? He's get carrying him, get the him, Knicks. Alex. Get him, Alex. What? Get him from what? He's high. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Is that about, legal blood? in Romania? No, it's not. <laughs> Julius hey. Randall MVP? Are you kidding me? Guys, New York has a lot of pull. They're five and four. They're winning. <laughs> They're winning a lot more than usually. And uh, I've, I've, I've seen guys and I've seen people talk about it. Mm. If you believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, okay, I I'll know. give you this. Okay, put the name aside. He's averaging 22.6, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. Yeah, MVP the numbers, numbers are great. not. The, the, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Like, I'm glad we're, we're – I feel like on this, this podcast, we try to do a good job of bringing up guys that we don't feel like are getting the publicity they need. We've talked about guys last episode – Talking about guys this episode, I feel like we do a really good job of that. And Julius Randle absolutely 100% needs to be part of that conversation of a guy we talk about who doesn't get enough love. And he's having a great year. The Knicks have surprised people so far. I think I'm with Alex. Like, let's see what happens through another 10 or 15 games. Um, Any talk of him being MVP is just crazy to me because you got – I mean, the – 
I mean, if you want to do Jokic he has to be in the mix, Bryce. <laughs> Jokic is having a trip, averaging a triple double, like. Okay, but Denver is horrible. Actually, the Knicks are better than Denver right now. <laughs> <laughs> the league is crazy right now with whenever you go and look at standings. Okay, well, fine. Then I want to throw Steph's name in the hat because Steph's averaging 30.6, five rebounds, and seven assists. Hey, I'll take it. I'll, t- I'll take Steph. You know, I'll take it. I don't think. What I said earlier you know, in the previous episodes, and it's like, okay, I- I'm kind of biting my tongue right now. <laughs> you know, I was like, it, <laughs> I should yeah, not and- have said that. And, and my guy Luca is still averaging 28, 9, and 8. So it's not like he's a bum. Like, he's still balling out. He's just not shooting. <laughs> he's not shooting it well from three. And his second best player hasn't played a game yet. Like, we knew they were going to struggle early because Porzingis isn't playing yet. So I, yeah. it, it's, I think it's going to be more fun to watch this year because it seems like there's a bunch of different dudes that are going to, you know, can, can throw their, their, their name in the hat for it. Exactly. I feel like he might be. The early or in, in, in the conversation of early MVPs, but sure. he's not going to be in, in the end. I, I don't feel like it. Maybe, you know, I'm looking obviously at Jokic. I think Jokic has the potential to be MVP depending on, you know, their uh, record at the end of the season. Um, but also, I'm looking at, uh, you know, obviously AD is up there. We talked about Durant, uh, but, you know, they have a lot of team issues to say like that right now. Um, but Julius Randle, Early MVP, maybe, but not at the end. <laughs> not at the end. Yeah, no, give I'm him, not, I'm give not him Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Or maybe he, he most put his name or there. something. He, he put his name in there because the way I see it is also a huge market. And they've been wanting to be relevant. So think about New York from them expecting him to be horrible to Julius Randle averaging, okay, m- maybe not this exact numbers, but somewhere close to this and New York being a top four team. It's going to be a lot of pressure from the media, from everybody, to make him the MVP. This is what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's going to go out and be like Giannis. I'm not saying he's going to go be AD. But given the market, I think he has a chance if he plays like this, which is a big if because, you know, with this this season, the way it's going, just look at Philadelphia. They're going, they have like six players available for tomorrow or something like that. I'm like, what is going on? Seven. Seven. Doc Rivers said Dwight Howard's going to play point guard. (laughs) <laughs> That's it. There you go. It's been a dream come true for Dwight. He's been wanting this forever. <laughs> so I want to see it. I can't wait. You know, but, you know what's sneaky about Julius Randle is it's not like this is the first year he's put up these scoring numbers either. Like he's he's aver- he's had years where he's averaged right around 20 points a game too. So um, he's kind of been building up to this. And, and he is a very good player. So he de- definitely deserves some recognition right now. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going – too crazy. I just want to throw it out there, you know, kind of just create a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit of negative energy from you guys. I see, but hey, um, you know. But OKC is four and four, right? So New York being five and four is not the craziest thing ever because I feel like the standings are all crazy right now and the records are crazy. The Pistons, you know, they could have four or five wins right now, and we expect them to be very bad. So it's you know. I'm not going to put too much price on it. You know, the Pelicans being four and five, you know, Rockets three and four. So you, you can't really, you know, pinpoint as far as, you know, what's really going to happen in a month from now because everybody's struggling. But now let's get back to the Pistons, guys. You know, uh, five, ten minutes. I want to talk about the next few games. And our schedule, I don't even want to say anything anymore because I don't know. But <laughs> we have Utah, Milwaukee, Washington, Miami. 
uh, you know, this will be the next uh, the next four games, our next episode. Uh, what, what's your take on those? I think you know Utah has been it's, it's five four five and four right now. Milwaukee five four, Washington two and seven, and Miami's three and four. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just here's what I've decided with this team is we just don't know when the wins are going to come, where the wins are going to come from. We can sit here and we can say. Okay, well, the Wizards are the worst team on that schedule. But, I mean, the two teams we beat are the Celtics and the Suns, who the Boston's 7-3, and three, Phoenix is 6-3, and three, and top three in each – both of them are top three in their conference. So, I don't know where the next win is going to come from. But I could – I'm going to go out on a limb, I guess, and say with certainty, we're going to get a win. Like, we're going to beat one of those teams. And I, I have no – I'll be honest, I have no idea what team would, that it's going to be. So, you know, Jazz – the Jazz just hit 25 threes on the Bucks. And I don't feel like our three-point defense is super great. So that game makes me a little nervous. We've seen us play the Bucks, You know, the Wizards, it'll be interesting to see if we can contain Bradley Bill. And then the Heat have kind of struggled this year. They have no 20-point-per-game scorers. But that'll be a good matchup for us just to see how we play against a team with that kind of pedigree coming off their finals appearance last year. Bryce, I'll be honest. Alex, I'll be honest with you. I honestly thought his schedule was horrific. And now I'm like, I don't know if this is bad anymore because yeah. I have no idea what to expect from these teams. I'm looking at Miami 3-4, and four, and I'm looking at Jimmy Butler all over the news saying how they don't put effort into it. They, have the, they don't have the right energy. So I'm like, okay, well, these two losses that I had against Miami just basically just scratched him up from the beginning of the season when he saw the schedule. And now it's like, well, wait a minute. Maybe. You know? And, you know, you see Washington. It's like, okay, we thought Washington's going to be the, the real deal. And they're struggling mightily. Milwaukee's kind of struggling. Okay, those two games last week don't really make me any confidence say that we can no. win those games. Because I didn't feel like we we're truly in those games. We were. Those are two, the two games that I can pinpoint and be like, mm, we never really had a chance to win those. Other games, we were in them. But those two, mm, tough. Like you say, Utah, you know, it's just, I think they're just too experienced for us. And, you know, Rudy Gobert is going to be a problem. You know, just dominating the boards, and if we don't get those extra extra rebounds and stuff that we kind of prize on, they get you know you give up offensive three offensive rebounds to Rudy Gobert, he kicks it out for a wide open three. You know, those are the most dangerous threes in the game right now, or one of the most. You know, other than the catch and shoots, like from the corner and stuff like that. But that's I don't I don't see us you know having a good week. But again, we we could be two and two again, like I said <laughs> last week. So. <laughs> Alex, what do you, what do you think about this week? You know, Utah, Milwaukee, Washington, and Miami. Yeah, so I got losing. I got us losing to Jazz. Uh, I don't think we're going to win that game. And believe it or not, I think we're going to win against the Bucks. Let's go, Alex. Oh, Alex. I really think so. I really think so. I think we might. Have, you know, we played them twice, and we might have figured some stuff out. I don't know. And uh, it's, it's hard, it's hard to, to beat a team, team. You know, it's like three, hard. four times in a ten-day yeah. span. You're right. Exactly. So I think we might get the Bucks this time. Uh, maybe we were going to gain a huge boost of confidence and win against the Wizards. We might sneak one out of heat because they're not playing that well now. Um, I know Atlanta is not playing that well either, so we might sneak one in there. But we're already going too far. So I think we're going to win against the, or lose against the Jazz, win one against the Bucks, maybe Wizards, and maybe so you got us at about two and two, two uh, as well, Alex. Two and two. 
Bryce, we, I know, like, you know, kind of going back to back or with short periods of rest, it seems to be an issue for this team. Yes. Yeah. I, Their effort on the second night with the Celtics was horrific. Yeah. Second game with the Bucks, bad. Yes. And I don't understand, like, you know, we're, we're supposedly a young team. So why? Like, what's going on? Are they just, you know, they're not ready for back to backs like this yet? I'm really wondering what's happening. Because, you know, when you have a young team, I expect more energy, you know, the second game because, you know, they recover faster and all this stuff. And But we seem to be really, really bad as far maybe as effort were, and energy. Maybe it's – I mean, we've talked about this. You guys have mentioned this. Maybe guys just really weren't – their bodies weren't ready for the season yet. And there was no training camp and, and all of that stuff. And everybody's dealing with all sorts of, uh, of things with what's going on in the world right now with COVID and everything else. And maybe the preparation's a little different. And so maybe their bodies just aren't ready for those back-to-backs and the three out of four days. And we've talked a little bit about that with the injuries, the, the, the flurry of injuries that seems to be going on in the NBA. So, you know, I, I think that's why a guy like Isaiah Stewart, you know, is, is huge because he does bring that energy. But there's been a couple games where I felt like even he – had a little struggle bringing it, you know, bringing that same enthusiasm that we're so excited about from him. So, you know, maybe there's some truth to all of that. Yeah, there's somewhere, you know, because you can't even say, you know, they go out to party because you know, sometimes <laughs> during a regular year, they might be like, hey, you know, young yeah. guys, you know, they just kind of got this NBA lifestyle but, now and it's understandable. But now yeah. it's like, you know, these poor guys, they have, you know, they're in sort of like a, house arrest or something like that you know, yeah. I know this is by the rules of it, it seems pretty pretty tough from the yeah, nba so really they're going very... through a lot yeah they're going through a lot to play these games so um you know hopefully we get uh you know having three ga- three home games right now it's a home stretch right so january 10th which is uh tomorrow hopefully this podcast out tomorrow but um so today but we have the jazz which is an nba tv game and uh, you know, I would love for us to get a win there. I think we can piggyback on this on this Phoenix Phoenix momentum. Maybe we figure out some stuff with Blake too. And I'll be curious, you know, how do we use Blake tomorrow, or how do you how do you use Blake with this Jazz game? As far as um, do we put him back in low post, or we kind of just okay, that was just one game thing. What, what do you guys expect out of out of Blake going forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope to see similar what we saw yesterday against the Suns in that kind of post-up game, get open shots for other guys. I feel like his just field goal attempts in general his, has gone down as maybe he's realizing that Grant is the go-to guy. I don't mind him shooting three or four, maybe five threes a game to step out, maybe some pick-and-pop stuff. But I really like – I thought that was his best all-around game. Lost in the excitement of Bay and Grant, rightfully so, was that Blake Griffin had a solid game. Yeah, I expect the same out of Blake Griffin to come out and post up, get some uh, buckets in the paint or, you know, drag or get the double team on him and then pass and uh, make, you know, Jeremy Grant shoot a couple open shots, not just create and drive uh, and create everything by himself. Yeah, I hope we keep that going uh, because we need this this type of Blake Griffin, I think, for not just for Grant, I think for Sadiq Bey, I think for Zvi is very important. And we need some kind of inside presence. And uh, we'll see. It's going to be a, a fairly big stretch for us, I think, because, you know, we could end up with a few wins. 
and uh, boost the morale. But just as we're approaching the end here, I want to remind you guys our giveaway winner is Jay Markle. We're, we're going to reach out to you. Jay, I hope you're going to, you know, send us a picture with this uh, this jersey once you get it. Yes. Uh, so we can, uh, you know, make you famous. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, we really appreciate you by that. Uh, join us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can reach us on all those three platforms and also via email. We would love to hear you guys, you know, any questions. Bryce is super active on Twitter. Alex on Instagram usually and then me on Facebook. So... Uh, please reach out to us and we'd love to to chat with you guys if you have any questions or if you just want to get on the show and tell us something just uh, make sure you reach out to us yeah and uh, I was just say we love the feedback for episode eight. go ahead Bryce I would say I love the feedback and and we appreciate it and I try to tweet out during the games as much as possible so interact and talk about we just, we love talking the Pistons I love talking the Pistons there on Twitter And um, so continue to, to follow and, and, and reach out to us. Absolutely. And uh, thank you guys for joining us. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod, but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Motor City Hoops podcast. Catch you on the next one.